Hey guys, so this is uh, the Sweeper Report. We're back. Um, we had a hiatus of the sorts. Um, so Tim and I are really excited to talk about the games that, you know, just passed. We missed Champions League, Europa League, a big chunk of like the, the domestic leagues. And it's currently international break, um, which is kind of the bane of my existence. But to my surprise, there's a lot of fun games going on tonight. So I, we'll dive into that later on. But um, Tim, do you want to start off with uh, the league talk? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, um, yeah, Tim here. Uh, again, we're at a, a third installment now. We're starting back up. But I think we're going to start with a nice little Champions League roundup. Right from, right from the beginning, you know, the, the round of 16. Talk about what was going on there and the motivation of some of these teams. So... I mean, when you're looking at these teams, you got to start the first game, Sevilla and Man United. A yeah. 0-0 draw, that's, a, that's regarded as a disappointment for Manchester United. And um, you follow that right into the, <laughs> into the second game, where uh, Sevilla wins 2-1, and Manchester United is knocked out again. So I think, I think uh, Manchester United won Europe... Uh, Europa League last year, right? Manchester United? Yeah. Really? Not uh, you. Not Champions League. I think they won. Oh, really? Okay, I don't yeah. remember this. Why I, is it slipping my mind? I think Ajax played them in the final. Okay, yeah. I'm, I, I'm almost certain of it. Yeah. I, I remember because Ajax beat Lyon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 4-1. It, yeah, it's Man, Man U won. Yeah, so... Um, Sevilla play, just plays... They always play very good football. It's very, like, basic domestic football, and... They always seem to pull through. I think, like, in the 2015-2016 year, um, I think they played uh, Barcelona for um, in La Liga for the title there. And they played really well against Barcelona during that, at, the, at that time. So Sevilla has that very big... Like, they have the experience of big games and big tournaments, and they can put pressure in very late in the game. And I think that's where... Manu really faltered. They couldn't balance the attacking with the defense, and Lukaku was just kind of like stranded out there, just left for the taking. And I, I really couldn't see any like real tactics for Manu. It's very sloppy. Yeah, I think when we're looking at this aspect, we're looking at uh, how Manchester United hasn't really gelled as a team, and they no. at this point they never will. I mean, you're seeing players come in and leave. I mean, you have your constants like. Uh, your Dali Blind, um, your David De Gea, yeah. a couple of your center backs, right? But yeah. in general, you're just losing the power you need as a as a unit. Because I mean, that's what football really is. It's a it's a team sport. Yeah. So Sevilla, you know, like um, a smaller club, they generally keep some players around a lot longer than Manchester United. So I think Manchester United is just scrambling around trying to look for something that they don't have yeah they don't have that unity that they need and it's actually it's probably better for them that they didn't make it to the quarterfinal because um Sevilla's playing Bayern and that's gonna like Man U has no shot against Bayern see the thing with Bayern and compared to Man U is that Man U are just a couple I've said this before they're just a couple players who play together yeah and Bayern is a team that has proven time and time again that they can function as a unit they, they're one when you see them play there's no selfishness there's no there's no holes in their game if, if 
it, 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 I wish Man U had that because they have such good players. Lukaku's such a good finisher. Say what you want about him. Say what you want about Mourinho. Lukaku's such a good finisher. De Gea obviously just, you know, he just does his thing. Yeah. Deli Alley, another great midfielder. He can kind of function as, like, an attacking atta- yeah. attacking player, too. For, which for is, Tottenham. Uh, sorry, not Deli Alley. <laughs> Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard. I always get Jesse, those two you know, confused. They're both, they're both pretty, pretty short. So yeah. They're smaller in figure. But, yeah. yeah, so Jesse Lingard. Um, yeah. Deli Alley is for the... Uh, for the international talk later on, yeah, um, but <laughs> getting it and getting it all confused, but yeah. So basically, I think I, I think the most interesting game um, will be Juventus and Real Madrid. Yeah, it's really like reminiscent of last year when, uh, when during during the during the finals. Um, like I said again, I think Juve have really garnered like they've just gained a lot this year. Um, but one aspect is goalkeeping. I, I just hope they don't put up Buffon. I, I respect him, but he's getting up there in age, and I think that's why they lost. Uh, the, why, that's why they let the goals in last year. Um, they they should bring in their goal a Polish goalkeeper who's just so much better. Um, I, I I think so at least. Um, it's hard to. I think goal goalkeepers hard hard one of the hardest positions to judge. If you look at Joe Hart, I mean. Um, He's received a lot of criticism and praise over the past five, six years of his playing style. And honestly, like, if we're being honest, he probably should not have been the head goalkeeper of England for the past five years. And that's kind of showing right now when he leaves Manchester City. He was just playing for a big-name club, and they were like, oh, well, we don't really know any English goalkeepers. Let's take him. So it's one of those hard situations where a goalkeeper is all about building your legacy. Yeah. Um. You know, if you hold a clean sheet or you save a penalty in a crucial match, people re- will remember that, right? But if you let in a goal at a crucial time, you're, you're, you're gone, right? So they don't really care about day-in, day-out goalkeepers. They care about the big-game goalkeepers. Yeah. And that's why I think people are relying on Buffon a lot. But they're forgetting that as a day-in, day-out keeper, he's not what he used to be. And so, you can't be honestly yeah. like when you reach that age. It's just like you just have to, you just have to accept the facts that you're not going to be as good as like some of the other players. Yeah, and it's it's just as easy as, I mean, consistency is the most important thing in sport. I think you can't. No one can argue that if you're a consistently good player, um, even if you're a consistently average player, I think a lot of uh, managers and coaches will will gladly take you over someone who shows spurts of brilliance. Like Pogba. perfect example, well Pogba or. Um, but Balotelli True. is my best example of that. Is he shows just he can do something amazing, and then the next thing you know, he's screwing up and getting a red card or yelling at the ref for missing an open goal, and that's why they crave consistency. And that's the problem with Manchester United right now. Um, I don't think Mourinho's pushing consistency consistency enough on the team. He's just looking for kind of flashes, but flashes don't win you championships. Um, I yeah, definitely think like Pogba. Um, I during like the last international break, France was playing against. Uh, I think it might have been England, and f- he just played so well. I, I was asking myself, why? Where is his Pogba when he plays for Man U? Does he lose that aspect of him? Um, I really do think that he should change up the formation. Um, you know, play the p- players where they're supposed to be playing. Um, I f- I feel like that's just a huge thing. Uh, and none of the players are consistent. Lukaku's not consistent. 
Pogba is not consistent. Sanchez has just fallen off the, the <laughs> talent. But like, uh, what happened to, to Sanchez? Yeah, well, even when they picked up, um, well, Sanchez, actually, there's a, there was a funny infograph that I saw on, uh, on Instagram probably a week ago. And it was saying how uh, Sanchez had the most turnovers in the past three games, had more turnovers <laughs> in the past three games than most players did all season. Yeah, and his averages were just right down the drain. So, <laughs> I mean, I think he was more of a system player at Arsenal, and it's kind of showing now. Um, he was kind of like a, a product of the system as opposed to adding to the system. Yeah, um, but I, I, th- I think like just like if we, if we if we were to flip it, I think the most consistent player this season. Who, in my opinion, any uh, my opinion should win a lot of awards, but isn't going to because the club can't win anything is Salah in Liverpool. I think Salah has been literally the most consistent player. Um, how many goals has he scored? He scored like twenty eight or something. Something like that. Yeah, he's, he's up there. He's he's um an international. I think like if you include all all goals, he's yeah. up there in the thirties somewhere. Um, he is very consistent. Personally, I'm a big fan of Harry Kane, just True. because he doesn't receive the same. Um, attention that even Salah does. I mean, he just kind of sits at the back and, oh, like, you know, Harry Kane, Harry Kane, Harry Kane. The guy's scoring more hat tricks in a calendar year than the top, than anyone else in the Premier League, you yeah. know. Like, he's doing stuff that, that shows, and he's been doing this for the past three, four seasons where he's just been the best striker in the Premier League. And I don't think there's any argument saying that he isn't, but I think people just don't really look at the Premier League anymore and think, wow, like, look at those strikers. You know, they're looking for... Uh, I mean, even if you look around the world right now, people aren't really looking at strikers. It's That's simple, true. Isn't it? like, yeah. like, name me... I mean, you've got Griezmann, but, like, at big clubs, where are the strikers? Yeah, really, you you only have two strikers in Spain. Like, big-name strikers, which people really talk about. This is Messi and Ronaldo. But even then, in Germany, not even strikers. They're yeah, Messi's like a he. He's a center field right he's a, winger. He's yeah, not false a nine. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then you have your Ronaldo, who's he plays striker sometimes. Let's be real. He, he does play. He does play striker though. He plays a good striker. Yeah, he, he, he does. Yeah. But I mean, he, he in reality, he's a left wing. Yeah. I mean, his talents suit him best at left wing. So when you're even looking at that, those are those are two guys that aren't even true. Stri- Harry Kane is a, a born true striker. Yeah, he is born for striker. He can't play midfielder. He can't play right or left wing. He can't play defense. Okay, he can't li- play goal. He's a striker, right? Yeah. Another in Germany, you got Lewandowski. He's a true striker. Yeah, that's a true striker. Yeah. yeah. And they, I think there's also Jamie Vardy. You can make the argument, but he, I don't think he has the same talent as he doesn't Kane. The, but yeah. he does have that pace. He does have that striker ability. He's just like a budget. I think he, 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 he. Well, he's a budget, but he's really quick. That guy. He um he's an interesting guy you know he uh, he uses his speed to a huge advantage even at his age which is really odd you don't really see older guys trying to use too much speed but for his size he has to and um, he's not I agree he's not I, I honestly you could argue that he was a true striker or not I mean I could I could definitely see him being uh, being a uh, left wing or right wing with his cutting ability and stuff like that, but he does suit the role of striker, and he's really good at pocketing those goals when you need to pocket them, you know, those little tap-ins, or just even if you need to shoot a goal from far, he's pretty good at that. So I, I, I do agree with you on that aspect a bit, but I, I do have to uh, say that I, I don't think that he's a true, true striker like Lewandowski or Harry Kane. Yeah. 
I think uh, another good striker, I wouldn't say the best, but a good striker is Aguero. Yeah, see, the thing that bothers me about Aguero is he's just, he's, there's just a talent pile around him. That's true, but you can't discount the fact that he's such a good striker and has been consistently pretty much for like the past five years. Yeah, he, he's been a very, yeah. very good striker, but I just don't think that he's at that. And again, he's quick enough that he could probably play like a center attacking mid or a right wing or left wing. Yeah. But I think like if you're looking at just guys, like guys who are like, uh, who have uh, the same attributes as some of those older strikers, those guys who are just pure, just deadly dead eyes. Even if you look back a few years, Latin, if you look back a few more years from that, you've got um, uh, Ruud van Nisselrooy, you know, um, yeah. some of those guys, even Robin van Persie. Robin van Persie is what I'm talking about when I say a pure striker, a guy that it's the end of the game, you know, 90th minute, your team, you're, you're, you're drawn at one, you know, they have the away goals against you. And you lob a ball up, and he strikes one in from outside the 18, off like off a pure volley, and it just goes, you know what I mean? Just the accuracy of their shots is incredible. And yeah. I mean, everyone's accuracy is great, but they have that ability that kind of supersedes everyone else. And that's what I look at when I see a true striker. Yeah, I think, um, I think in my opinion, it's true striker is like anybody, if you're on the 18-yard line, you will find a way to score. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Van Nistelrooy was like that. So it was honestly like a lot Vampers, of Dutch yeah. strikers. A lot of, a lot of Dutch strikers are very clinical in that manner. I mean, if, even if you look at, if you're going way back to Marco Van Bastian, um, but basically like a lot of Dutch strikers feel that. And uh, English strikers have kind of been similar in that way. Well, and, they um, have started to become similar. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They've, yeah. Kind of, they've kind of gotten that, that strength, which is kind of like, we're talking about these Dutch and English strikers, and later today we, we were going to talk about um, the Dutch-England game, which yeah. were very highly so that, anticipated it's, it's game. A, it's a good international game. But yeah, back to Champions League. <laughs> we're kind of going off yeah. a little. But back to Champions League, I think like talking about some of the games here, um, you look at Bayern Sevilla, that's clean. It's a clean sweep for Bayern. Uh, um, Man yeah. City-Liverpool... Let's be real here. Liverpool might be able to pull something out in one of the one of the two games, but like they have before. But but Man City is going to pull through over the because they have two games to play. It's, yeah. it's, you know what I mean. Like Man City is going to pull through. I, I think personally. Yeah. I think uh, I don't think Pep is stupid enough to repeat the same mistakes that he did. I didn't. I, I don't exactly remember what Liverpool did in that game. I think they pressed a lot and they played pretty deep. They played Salah pretty deep. So. Man City's really going to have to, you know, relax a little bit, let let Bruyne do some, like, really defensive work and let Aguero be in his natural position and just let the players do what they have to do. Uh, I don't think you you can get too technical when you're playing against Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. And Liverpool only have, like, a single style style of playing, and that's push, push, push. Yeah, feed the ball to one of your forwards and just get it going, you know? I, I like I said, I, Pep is just gonna like dismantle them. Um, if they don't, like Tim said, they got two legs. Yeah, <laughs> like Man City's gonna do something. They have a squad worth like close to like a billion euros. So yeah, I'm actually like thinking about it now. Like I'm looking at Liverpool and I, I I think about their squad and I think and normally I I think that they might come away with a a win in the two games, and I think it'll be a good win. I just don't think it'll be enough. It's such a hard call because 
you look at Liverpool and you think, oh, Liverpool, like, oh, whatever, they have one guy. But then you start looking at them a bit deeper and you're like, wait, they, they have kind of they kind of have a, a good defense now. Liverpool, yeah. So you can get Virgil van Dijk to shut down a bit because he's, he's amazing. He's played amazingly over the past. He's been improving ever since he's joined Liverpool. Um, but you kind of have this, this aspect where it's like, oh, like, Liverpool's kind of getting better. It's kind of getting better. And then Man City just lost to Basel. I mean, of course, like, change formation everything but they still like that's still a shot on your ego yeah you beat a team for nothing and then they beat you like, and it's the first time they've lost at home this season i think really yeah so losing to basel like a b-class team let's be serious no, they're a d-class team at best yeah. i mean <laughs> they uh and it's i think that should be it might be a little shock i mean not that their home stadium is any better than an away crowd yeah they don't really have too many fans but <laughs> they got they got a pretty big uh, fan base though, but um, yeah. I think if I don't I don't agree with you there. I, I don't think Liverpool can win. I think Liverpool can pull off a tie at the very least. Uh, yeah, I, I think I know. like I don't think they'll. I think it's gonna be no nil. To in my opinion, I don't think they're gonna let. Um, I think they're gonna play pretty hard. I don't think they're gonna let Man City come forward, um, and I think Man City is just gonna shut them down on their end. So it's just gonna be it's gonna be a. It's going to be a battle. I really don't think anything's... It's going to be really really exciting to watch. And I, just a note on Virgil van Dijk. I'm just reading this. He's a new captain for the Dutch team now. Yeah. It's actually... It's, it's been long awaited for him. I mean, uh, now that the Dutch team has kind of shifted to a younger generation. Yeah. Then they've made the full transition. He's the oldest and best center back on their team. And after making that huge transfer to Liverpool, I mean, I don't think there should be a question as to whether he should be Dutch captain or not. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so, um, then you basically just have Barcelona and Roma. And yeah, I think easy, easy one for Barcelona. yeah. I think Barcelona shouldn't have any difficulty with Roma. I think uh, Roma, Roma squeezed by Shakhtar Donetsk. And if you're gonna if you're gonna play Barcelona, like you should have beaten Shakhtar Donetsk easily because Roma yeah. has such a good squad. They have they De- Deco Deco yeah, is Deco, also yeah. a great forward. Yeah. Yeah, I, he's uh, the problem with him is he's getting to that age now where he's kind of hitting that kind of like it's like a second peak in your career where like you look really good. Yeah. And then, but you're just kind of like uh, feeding off the experience and the youthfulness you still have. But he has that experience. I think yeah. he does have that finishing capability. Um, I think another great player that they like two good players, probably one of the best two midfielders in Syria right now are Nangalon and uh, De Rossi. They're very, they're definitely very good. I can't, uh, I can't speak to that too much as I'm not a huge uh, Syria. I don't really pay attention to too many of their midfielders, but I, I think based on what I know about that, I think uh, that they are like Nangalon is definitely a very solid. He's a, a, a Belgian international player, and he's been around for a while. And yeah. he's been a very strong unit for club and country. So it's it's going to be a, like a fun game to watch. But I think we already know the results. We we know which teams are yeah. going to win. Um, I think the last team which we should probably mention is Juve and Real Madrid. Yeah, we started talking about that. We kind of just squeezed off onto another trail there. But in depth look, I mean, beginning of the season, Juve wins every time. Yeah. Now Real Madrid has that upper edge. They've kind of got back into their form. And uh, UV have just gotten to the point where they're old 
really. I mean, like, they're not uh, replacing their young, like their old players with younger talent. Like on the, in their lineup, they are like with their with their program, but in their lineups, they're not um, experimenting enough. Yeah, to get that push of younger generation, right? But they are a team which they do function as a team. They do really well. Yeah. Um, especially with Higuain and Dybala, when they like when Higuain comes on, like somehow they always score. They just find a way to score. Um. And they, they have a pretty solid defense, I'm not going to lie. Um, their defense looks pretty good. They got Skiglio, Chiellini, Benatia, Barz- uh Yeah, they got... And their midfield is like Pianic, Kadira, Matuidi. Yeah. So they have very good players, but... Like, Juve just has this thing where they just never can win when it matters. Right? Don't yeah. you don't you feel that? Especially I, I, and I with Real Madrid, they, I think we a couple podcasts ago in our first podcast we talked about how how bad they were, but Ronaldo has really picked up the pace lately. I think he scored in every Champions League game this season. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's something. It's something along like he's on that. He's getting back to his form. He's he scored twelve points in eight games or something or something. Yeah, yeah. So he's getting in form and. I, I don't think Juve has what it takes to beat them. Yeah, honestly, I don't think they can contain Ronaldo, even at his age. Yeah. It's it's going to be fun to watch. Um, I just hope, especially with VAR now, um, I, like, I just hope next year they bring in VAR into the Champions League. But when Ramos flopped, when... He got just touched by that defender. <laughs> I forgot the defender. Uh, Suadro. I, forgot, I can't pronounce his <laughs> name. He flopped, and I was so disappointed because he he's, he was clearly flopping. And Rio, Rio Ferdinand had a great quote. It's like, if I did that, I wouldn't be able to look my sons in the eyes. <laughs> and I don't I don't know how Ramos can live with that. And I just hope that there's no dirty play this time because, like, Real, Real Madrid and Real Madrid were playing all right in the finals last year, but Juve... They played really well in, like, the first half. So I just hope Juve does, like, the same things, and I just really hope that there's no, like, dirty play this time. Yeah, I, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's always tough to get around. The, the game was constantly evolving. It's definitely better than it used to be. Like, But uh, champions, uh, like, the VAR is not the best. Yeah. There's, there, there are some mishaps. There have been some mishaps, and I really do hope they, like, fix that. Or if you're not going to fix it, just get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... I guess we can just move on to Europa, just cover it quickly. It's not much. Yeah, not that anyone cares too, too much about Europa, <laughs> but we can shift our... So, first we got... I think the, the there's like two, three games which you know are worth mentioning. So, Arsenal beat AC Milan, um, aggregate 5-1. Uh, they beat them in the second leg, they beat them 3-1. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal, this is like their one last thing that they have. They, I, they're not gonna win FA. They're not gonna win any other. They're not gonna win the League Cup or anything. So, uh, I think Wenger has to win this if he wants to keep his job, which yeah. is unfortunate because I won't. I don't want Wenger anymore for Arsenal, and <laughs> so I hope. I hope he leaves after this, even after winning Europa. But he's gonna stay on. So, uh, good for them, I guess. Um, then you got Lazio and Kiev. Lazio beat them uh, in the second leg. Uh, Aggregate 2-4, which is pretty good. 
Lazio's pretty much they they haven't been what they what I they like used Lazio. to be. They have some players in their team who are still pretty young who are dealing with some injuries and issues like that. Um, uh, Van Dijk. Uh, is it some Dutch player? Yeah, there's a Dutch center back on their team. I mean, he's drawing a blank. De Vrijsch, uh Stefan De Vrijsch, De Vrijsch, Um He's a good center back on their team. They have a, they have a few other solid players on their team who can really push through. But again, looking at those Red Bull teams, I mean, once Red Bull has just kind of taken over, and they've kind of uh, been funding money. That's why Leipzig has made it such a giant leap. They went yeah. from the fourth to now they're in Europa. I mean, next year they might be in uh, Champions League. And uh, RB Salzburg just beat Dortmund, which is huge because Dortmund is a very good team. And actually, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's what I, exactly what I was getting at was that um, these Red Bull teams are just what they're doing is they're <laughs> the Red Bull is just such an athletic. They they've uh, invested so much into athletics that. They're producing like a youth academy for all their teams, and it's basically you've got like your New York, your Leipzig, your your Salzburg that are all kind of like pushing together and pushing together, and they they have uh, the Red Bull as a unit has a giant pool of talent, and you can I mean we're starting to see it right now. They're t- the one eighth of the teams in, in this final are Red Bull teams, like directly funded by Red Bull, so and bought out by Red Bull and. I mean, you've got your Marseille and Lazio. Honestly, I think I could see Leipzig going up and winning. I mean... Um, Leipzig, uh, just on, a, on like another note, Leipzig just beat Bayern Munich. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, hands down. I mean, uh, you, that's easy enough to see. I mean, they have the talent they need to, to win. And I think they'll beat Marseille. And I, they'll probably play Arsenal or Atletico. And beat them. They have no problem. They will not have a trouble beating uh, the other Red Bull team. They are just a very solid team, and they have that Dutch Timo Werner, that striker. You can't contain him. Yeah, he he has that pace. He has He's like a that crazy fast guy. Yeah. Um. Just a couple stats on the Bayern Munich versus Leipzig game. Bayern Munich had sixty-two percent possession. Yep. Leipzig thirty-eight percent, and. With that 38%, they had 16 shots, 7 on target, and Bayern Munich had 9 shots with 2 on target. Yeah. Which is, it's, Bayern Munich should be ashamed of themselves, really. Because Bayern Munich are a powerhouse. They're the Real Madrid of Germany. (laughs) Real Madrid of Germany, I'd say, uh, (laughs) I'd say Barcelona is the Barcelona (laughs) of Germany, Spain. But I, I wouldn't go as I, – I don't think uh, – there's too much of a – the, Bayern are the Barcelona slash Real Madrid of Germany. Yeah. I think discrediting Barcelona like that is um, – you have Messi. I mean, yeah. player for player, they've got – I just picked a big team. I, it doesn't mean anything. I just picked a big team and like um, – But, yeah, I, I definitely see it. I, I know Lyon was in the quarterfinal last year. And they got um, actually they were in the semifinal I believe, and they were knocked out by Ajax. So it's just um, watching teams just kind of fall out of form, you know, not get where they need to go. So do you think Bayern's out of form? I think Bayern is still in form. I just think Leipzig just beat them because they're they. I think yeah. Well, technic Leipzig- they're they just tactically beat Bayern. Yeah. I think, well, again, like Leipzig, they they have what they need. To become world beaters, so they can, and they're going to keep growing. They're not a dumb team, and they've got 
funding behind them. So I could definitely see Leipzig coming in and being strong. I don't think they'll win um, for a while because they still have trouble against some of the smaller teams because they have growing pains. But, um, yeah, like I could definitely see Red Bull Leipzig coming in and winning while making it to – they're definitely they're champ they're Champions League team next year. Yeah, simple as that. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's that's as easy as it is. They're gonna make it to the Champions League next year, and we'll see what happens. You know. Yeah. So, I think that pretty much covers all the important teams in Europa. There really isn't anything else. Um, yeah, kind of your. There's not too much in Europa. It's kind of like a. Yeah. So. Um, I, I think we just missed the Champions League for a second. Uh, let's just go back. Um, actually, no. You know what? We'll just skip it. Whatever. So, Europa, pretty much done. So, I guess big teams, big games to watch out for would be Leipzig versus Marseille, uh, Salzburg versus Lazio. Yeah. Honestly, per- personally, I, if I were if I were watch, going to watch a game, I'd wait. I'd wait until the next round, the semifinal round. Yeah. I, I personally, I, I mean, of course, I love the games, but... Those games, I, I don't think they'll be too, too interesting. I feel like the games after that will be definitely definitely the ones to look out for. Yeah, especially with, like, if Sporting goes through. I think Sporting has been, like, really good this season. Also, Atletico Madrid, um, they yeah. have also been very good. I don't know what happened from last year, but they've certainly learned from their mistakes. Um, I haven't watched them play, but I just I, – I, I, I've seen some highlights, and, you know, they've been, they've been very impressive. So, I guess we'll just move on to uh, international talk now. Yeah, we can definitely move on to some international talk. So, we have, like, a bunch of games going on today. Um, Right now, I think it's Brazil versus Russia. I think it's happening right now as we we do this. Yeah, there are a lot of games going on today. We've got Japan and Mali. 86 minutes in, you know, Mali's one up on Japan. Um, is Japan going to the World Cup this year? I think so. Yeah, that's mm. why I don't like this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not, not a big fan. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Netherlands are going to put up a good fight. They're probably going to beat um, England today, but <laughs> Japan is going in blitz. It's just, it's a mess. Um, yeah, they yeah. need to fix that. It's, I think it's just like a logistical thing. You just need to like pick a better way to pick teams. Um I, we got Germany, Russia, Spain. Germany, Spain, Russia, Brazil, Argentina, Italy. Uh, yeah, that's Aust- Austria, Austria and Slovenia, Germany and Spain. I think we mentioned that Poland and Nigeria, two underrated teams. Yeah, yeah. they even have Scotland and Costa Rica will be interesting. That would be and France and Colombia. I think Colombia is going to be the dark horse. I think they m- really might pull through in the World Cup. Now that I've thought about it a little bit more, I think if Colombia had, I, I don't know if. Uh, Actually, I'll take a quick look. I don't know their international squad right now. I know, um, I know, Falcao used to play for their international squad, and he was uh, when he was for their international. He was a very, very strong striker. He's still back at his original club after making the move to Manchester United for like six months or whatever, ruining his form. <laughs> but yeah, he um, he basically like that's what like. If he can play, he's an, he's definitely a dark horse. When it, and people look over him a lot and don't give him the credit he deserves. Yeah, so they have like an all red goalkeeper, Ospina. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like bad. he's not bad. He's like, he's, like 
B-class goalkeeper in the yeah. Like if I season. had like a couple million to spare, like I'd buy him just in case. If like yeah. one of my player, one yeah. of my if my primary goalkeeper was wasn't playing well, uh, you got Rodriguez. Obviously playing for Bayern and he's killing it right now. Yeah, he's um, a strong player. So a lot of the Colombian squad is basically just a lot of like they play in Colombia or in South America. So yeah, I, like I'm not really familiar with like a lot of their names, but. I think they're good. I think I've seen them play in the past, and they look all right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They're not. They're not bad. They have some strength, but I, I definitely don't think that they're what they what they need to be, you know. And uh, I always just laugh when I see some of the scores when I'm when I'm looking back. And if you look at like teams like Iraq and Qatar, the games mean absolutely nothing. Yeah, <laughs> like no, it's it's just disappointing. Like if you're talking about the real best teams in the world, like you can't discredit the best teams in the world. But a very a very good game that I'm looking forward to: Mexico and Iceland. Ooh, underrated. And uh, Mexico, I'm not a huge huge fan of Mexico, but they do have some talent there. They have a, I actually have a lot of talent in um in the Eredivisie. Um, Mexico, yeah, really. Um, they have a very strong presence in the Eredivisie. Um, Herving Lozano um, is the is a winger for PSV. He's uh, 22 years old, and he's probably going to be the next big transfer from the Eredivisie. He um, very strong player, and he's just showing that he can play in where he, like in the next level. So. Okay, so is he? Uh, what what position does he play? He's a winger. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he's he's probably going to make a move up to. Um, I'm pretty. He he's an international player, if I'm not mistaken, but he is again um, from Mexico City, 22, and. Uh, yeah. So I think they've got obviously they've got Hernandez kind of like reaching that age. Yeah, definitely. So it's gonna it's gonna be an all I don't I like I think it's gonna be an all right game to watch considering they're both like all right teams. Yeah. Iceland's pretty good. They beat England, so they've got that that going for them. But um, I think a very fun game would be uh, is England versus the Netherlands. I know you're a huge yeah Dutch fan. <laughs> you love Dutch everything. So um, yeah, what that, are your opinions on this? I think that'll be a big game. It's Coman's uh, first uh, international game. Uh, and it's the very first time the first international game for a, a Dutch head coach has been against England, interestingly enough. And um, yeah, Japan actually just uh, tied Mali, so they're 1-1 now in the 90th, 90th plus 5. Okay. So extra time. Um, but yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, just looking at like the Netherlands football team and like seeing their progression, how like... You have all this trouble with these uh, newer managers coming in and doing a terrible job. And then you finally have, uh, you know what I mean? Like you have uh, Advocats, Dick Advocat. Okay. He was the manager at the time when they were actually um, eliminated from World Cup contention. And I think he's become villainous in the Dutch population. But Ronald Koeman, who's a Dutch legend, can hopefully bring them, and when they're playing England um, today, 
Um, England have only won one game in the past 13 fixtures. And that was in 19, the Euro 1996. So <laughs> to say that they're on the same level would be a lie. They're not. Um, but England is in the World Cup. <laughs> <sighs> whatever that means. like <laughs> Whatever that means. I mean, like, you can look at it whatever way you want. There are about a, a bunch of Middle Eastern teams in the World Cup who won't do anything, but... <laughs> the World Cup is really just, like, a World Cup for, like, four teams. Yeah, honestly. Four like, or five teams, and a couple, yeah. like, teams who could win it, but aren't. aren't going to, yeah. And um, there's a lot of pressure. I think the, the, the international team for the Netherlands right now, they're going through a huge phase where... They have all the talent in the Dutch programs. They're all below 20. So you've got Matthias De Ligt, the center back for Ajax, who played again, play, has been playing international football for almost a, or around a year now. You have uh, Justin Kluivert, Justin Kluivert, who's uh, um, Patrick Kluivert's son, who was a, a legend. He played at Barcelona. He was a legendary status player and now it's his son and um, there's a lot of pressure for him to already move to Manchester United um, it's like this kid's 17 18 years old and there's there's pressure for him to move to a giant club where he's not going to play and it's actually very uh, it's disheartening because I mean if he's going to de- deny it hopefully I mean uh, Ronald Koeman and his father both say that he's not ready for a move they say he should stay at Ajax and keep performing there. But it shows you. Yeah. You know, that um, the team is young. Yeah, so, like, England is, like, probably the complete opposite. They've got, like, a pretty old team. Um, so Jordan Henderson is captaining. From, he's from Liverpool. So I, you got, like, a lot of – you got a mixture of old and young players. You got, like, Mar- Rashford, pretty young. Lingard Young, Eric Dyer, oh, or Young, I think. John Stones, <laughs> I love saying that name, but yeah. Young. Pickford. So, Pickford is young. And so let's just talk about um, England's goalkeeper yeah, for a second. Yeah, the goalkeeper, okay. So, so I was actually looking at um, a little graph here, and <laughs> they have uh, Butland, Hart, and Pickford, right? Yeah. And those were the. And they got Nick Pope. And they've got Nick Pope, but they have those. Those were the three options they were kind of looking at, and they were saying, "Well, you know, Pickford's played the most amount of games. He's also conceded a large amount of goals. Um, doesn't have too many clean sheets." You look at Joe Hart, where it's like uh, he hasn't played. Too, he's played the least amount of games out of the four, and he's had the least amount of clean sheets. But he's also had a very low amount of goals conceded, right? Like relative to Butland and Pickford, and Butland, of course. Um, Honestly, arguably the worst choice. Arguably the worst yeah. choice. I think like I think I, I agree with that. He's like definitely the worst choice. He he's had a lot of appearances, not too many clean sheets, and he's just allowed a lot of goals. But Pope, he has the most clean sheets. This uh, he's pretty. T- he's around tied for second or third in appearances, but he's allowed the least amount of goals. So, honestly, that I, it's cutting clear. You know, it's clear as day. Yeah, the, I think Pope should have been the goalkeeper. And let's just look at the standings. Um, Pope, who plays for Burnley, is number seven. Pickford, plays for Everton, they're number nine. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and obviously, that's Joe, like a, that's, there's a is, lot of factors in there. Yeah, but Joe Hart is not is a non-contest. I mean, I don't think Joe Hart deserves another chance. He's played yeah. way too long on the international team, and he's in the national team, and he's uh, just not performed at the level that he needs to be, and he never has. Yeah. So I think, I think we we're both reaching the same to the same goalie, Pope. Yeah. I, yeah. I definitely push for Pope. I'm actually, I know I'm just very. Uh, you know, a tear-jerking moment when you look at uh, Virgil van Dijk, he, as you were saying before, he got the armband. But the reason for that is because Arjen Robin, who's had the armband for the past probably at least seven years. Yeah, definitely. Um, retired from international duty um, in October when they didn't make the World Cup. So if that doesn't bring a tear to your eye, that's... Uh, you're not human. Yeah, you're not human. <laughs> that's um, I'm very happy for Virgil van Dijk. He deserves it. Very strong player, and he'll hopefully he'll wear that band with pride and understand that one of the great, one of the best players of all time. Well, not the best of all time, but he was a very, very good player. Was wearing that before him. Yeah, you know. So yeah, definitely the people who've worn the band are you know definitely in the Hall of Fame of football. So yeah. Um, so just on formation, I really hope that Garrett Southgate doesn't same, make the same mistakes as. Um, you know, yeah, as some like the yeah, domestic, yeah. the domestic coaches do with the players that play for England. I really, ho- let's fingers crossed he plays Harry Kane and nothing else. Just Harry Kane in the forward. I do something with like a four, four five one maybe. You know, with a strong mid. They do have a strong midfield. Four three three. If you want, if you want to play Deli Alley on left, and uh, Rashford on right. Uh, you really got. I think they're, they're, you really have to press with the Netherlands and really have play your best. Play maybe at least one defensive mid, because um, the Netherlands do have a very strong defense this year, especially with uh, Van Dijk, and they have a strong offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, te- and with with that Dutch technicality, I really do hope that. Gareth Southgate doesn't just go with one tactic. I think he you really have to blend the two. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I guess uh just, you know, blend the two and just make sure that you play play with pace and don't mess it up to be honest cuz yeah. this is really setting up the stage for England's uh World Cup run. You're going to you're going to this is a taster for what England is is how England is going to do in the yeah. World Cup. And I think um, if you can play well against the Netherlands, you're going to play well against anybody. Um, again, like England is without Harry Kane today. Um, oh, he's, injury. he's injured. Yeah. Okay. And, so um, you got Jamie Vardy then. And you've got Jordan Henderson, who's also injured. Um, and here, like, Jack Wilshire's injured. Yeah. Or no, Jordan Henderson isn't. Sorry, it's Jack Wilshire yeah. who's injured, yes. Um, but. The the Dutch have won eight of their last nine matches and they've won five in a row. Right, so this is a very important match for them. The England, um, have yet to win a friendly under Southgate. So they have three ties and two losses, which is not ideal for them. So, I don't know. It's just very... Um, the odds are against England, we'll yeah. say. <laughs> that's the only way to put it. I mean, and if they can pull through, that'd be that'd be very interesting. And I'd, I'd, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see uh, 
them come come through and kind of make a push for the World Cup because I have no preference. I mean, the Netherlands are no longer in there, so I'd like to see some competition in in a champ uh, in a in a competition where there's not too much competition. Yeah, <laughs> you know the the World Cup. The everyone comes in with their five favorites, and then the other people push out the door. So. It's almost like Euro, the Euros are more interesting than World Cup sometimes. They, I, I really agree. Um, it's just nice seeing some like teams from other continents, which I, which I, which is why I like watching the World Cup. And obviously, everyone's gonna watch the World Cup, inclu- including you. You're probably yeah. gonna watch World oh, Cup. Yeah. So I think like, everyone, everyone in the, everyone in the world should watch the World Cup. I mean, everyone who's listening to this will watch World Cup. Everyone who's thinking about this will watch the World Cup just because why not I mean uh, the thing with the World Cup which I love is that you get to see players in countries where you wouldn't expect a good player to come out from but a good player has yeah and obviously the team doesn't do as well because it's only one good player or two good players or three good players but you just get to see like these like little like sparks of just greatness once in a while I mean uh, I think uh, Korea is a good example Killer Navas perfect example another example uh, Costa Rica has, has been like that for the past little while they've been producing that international talent that people see and they're like wow we need that guy yeah and that's I think that's really important I mean for for getting that brand exposure out there you know like uh, <laughs> the the European teams don't need any exposure they're already been looking at at the age of five for their skills right so yeah, so I think, like, we'll just move on. We'll move a yeah. little past uh, England. Um, I think we both know what the result's going to be. So Yeah. <laughs> um, so a game which I'm really excited to watch is Germany and Spain. Yeah, that'll be a... I think that's just going to be, like, classic Clash of the Titans type game. Obviously, Spain has does have some older players, so does Germany, <laughs> but... Yeah, I'd argue that Spain has just never been the same. Ever since Netherlands have beat them 5-1 in, 24, in 2014. Yeah. It was four years ago. Ever since that, they haven't been the same. They just haven't been that team that people were afraid of. Going into that World Cup, people were legitimately afraid of Spain. Yeah. People thought, wow, these guys are going to win. They're going to kill Germany. And it's changed completely. The dynamic of all of Spain, the, the, the super giants that were kind of uh, it's just not the same and it's kind of hmm, too bad but Germany is definitely that team now yeah um, I don't think they've released the lineups yet but who do you think should be goalie Manuel Neuer or Mark Testagen for Germany um, I mean respectfully your goalie for Germany should always be Neuer yeah no matter how well anyone else is playing he's been that the World Cup winning club. He was third in Ballon d'Or voting. Yeah. A goalie. <laughs> As a goalie, he was third. And <laughs> you can't discredit this player. Yeah. He is an outstanding player, and form isn't really relevant at this point. I mean, you talk about goalies, and we talk about how you have to have a legacy. Well, his style of play is fairly unique, and um, it could be dangerous against Spain. But it's just how he plays, and I think Ter Stegen's not there. He's not at the same level as Neuer yet. So I, I would like to see Neuer start. Um, I really want to see Werner just 
I want to see them play Werner. Um, I and I, and Spain is playing Costa, so yeah. um, it's gonna be like a fun forward attacking game. Just a couple things on Germany: Marco Ray, Royce, Schurl, and Gotze were not selected. Gotze, I kind of understand he does have that. He had that you know medical condition or injury, but Schurl and Royce, I, they have been playing all right. But I really do think they should have been called up. And Spain, they have a bunch of injuries. H- uh, Javi Martinez, Fabregas, Mata, and Morata are all absent. Wow. For uh, for injuries or, you know, just they, they just are not able to play. So it's been injury riddled and just people haven't been selected. Uh, so it's going to be a fun game to watch. I think re- uh, Germany is going to play a very strong midfield, kind of okay defense. Um, they don't like their only good defenders really are Hummels and Kimmich, and I think they will be playing Tristagen as goalie. I think Neuer hasn't been playing, hasn't played international for like the last four or five games for Germany. So yeah. we'll see. Um, obviously yeah. De Gea, I think that's a that's a shoe in, you know. Yeah, just you know, you have to play De Gea. He, the way he's been playing with Manu, he's just been in it, unnaturally good form. If that's a thing, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, uh, Spain has that. Always has a strong defense with Ramos and PK. Uh, Iniesta, he's getting up there. He is very. This is his now. last season. I think he yeah. was thinking about going to China. We'll see. But he still, he still passes very well. Um, Asensio, I think he's going to be Real Madrid's future. I really, he's very good. He has vision, pace. One on one, he's very technically proficient. So, and Costa, he's very that he's very much like that old yeah. <laughs> headbutt type player. Yeah, so, I think. What do you uh, think? What do you think about this game? Honestly, it's um, it's always tough, but betting against Germany is always a dangerous bet. Um, and I think you could also have Jerome Boateng, who's a very strong defender for Germany. Um. Not sure, maybe he might be injured, but I, I I'm not too sure about that. But he is a very strong defender. He is, yeah. And I, f- I figured that, but I still pick Germany. I, th- I think that Spain just isn't where they need to be, and they haven't been producing that Spanish talent. Marco Sensio is a good example, but that's one example. It's one example of a younger guy, but I mean, and yeah, Gerard Piquet. Not not a great not a great center back. He's good, but he's not great. He's consistent, which is what well, yeah people exactly like him. we're yeah. talking about before. A very consistent guy, so you trust him. But he's not a great guy. He's yeah, not he's a all great right. Player, so he's okay all the time. And yeah. um, I like I I feel if Germany want to win, don't play Ozil and play very attack play a very forward game and play from the back. So. Yeah, Spain, I think, is just old. Yeah. Yeah. They are. And I think Germany has constantly been bringing in new talent for the past forever. They've never let their talent dry up. And Spain has a huge gap now. And the same with Netherlands as well. They have a huge gap. And a few other teams have a giant gap. And that's they're trying to fill in that gap with younger players that might not be ready. Yeah. So I think I, think I got my money on Germany either 1-0 or... It being a tie, but with Germany having a lot of the possession and a lot of the uh, shots, um, 
Yeah, I, th- I think Germany will, will probably take away a, a 3-1. 3-1, that's about, that's that's A 3-1 or a 2-0. I think it'll be a two-goal de- deficit. I don't think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be a decisive win for Germany. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, I guess we'll move forward. Um, a game not many people will be talking about, but I really want to watch, is Portugal and Egypt. Just because I want to see Salah play in a team where he doesn't have players feeding him the ball. No. I think that's the only reason why I want to watch the game. I couldn't name you, like, another different player. Uh, yeah. So that's going to be fun. Obviously, Portugal, just they have, a, they, have, they, have a, they have the same squad as, like, sporting and, like, Porto combined with Ronaldo. So I think basically just the, the idea of the Portugal squad is that Ronaldo has been a very similar squad. I mean, when you talk about the squad, because nothing really matters other than the fact that Ronaldo's on that team. Yeah. I think Mohamed Salah's be getting to that level that Ronaldo's at. Well, not not by any means the same level. I just mean, like, for his country. He's yeah. getting to that same level where, like, oh, it doesn't matter what else changes. As long as he's here, like, we have a chance. Yeah. And, I mean, hopefully it maybe a, a statue will be erected in honor of Mohamed Salah, but we'll see. With I mean, a better, but with yeah. a better <laughs> statue. Better, yeah. <laughs> um... So that's gonna be fun to watch. Uh, I think the next game is Italy versus Italy versus Argentina. I th- I I don't know if I know Messi. So apparently the Argentine coach manager has said that this is gonna be Messi's team. So I really do think they're just it's the same thing as Portugal. It's just see, it, but I hate that for Argentina. I hate it because uh, saying that Messi's the best is without a doubt correct. But that doesn't mean that it's right because no. you can be the best on a team and still need teammates. I mean, <laughs> without Huayin, without without Dybala, without all these other players, what would Messi be? Messi can't run a team by himself. You can't. People say, "Oh, well, Messi's a god." Messi is still human. Yeah. Messi is still a short player. Messi still still gets taken advantage of by larger players. You know what I mean? Like he may be able to work around them, but if the ball is in the air. You know what I mean? Like he still has his flaws. To say that he's not that he's flawless is wrong. So it's just very disappointing when you hear like managers com- like try to praise a player like that because they they do realize that honestly Argentina should be winning everything every year. But I think they're all they're saying is oh Messi's the best. Let's just feed him. Messi can do his own thing. Yeah. Well, you guys have arguably arguably the best striking core of any team of all time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of you had, all time, really. Yeah, if you if you like, wow. Well, I mean, like, not like like right now they do. Like in the past, in the past four years, I I'd extend that to like six, maybe six. I mean, but if yeah. you look at Carlos Tevez, Higuain, Messi, Dybala, who else? Aguero, Aguero, Aguero. Yeah, just those like just guys you can just put there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and they vary in age too, so it's like, and they have different experiences. They all have and like a Di different. Maria. Yeah, they all have like a. They have all have their own function. Like they do their own thing, very well. Yeah, but again, like I think, reducing it to one play, they just don't have that defensive. They just need to honestly. What they need to do is they need to run like a two-two, like, like six. Yeah, they like just have all their guys just yeah. sitting up there just. And just scoring because that's all they can. I think do. they might just run a four four two, and I, I think that's pretty yeah, standard. But I, I just don't think they can. I, I honestly think that they probably will. But I think that you need to play your best players. I don't like. Yeah. People argue positions, but 
I don't think they have like the talent for defense. Yeah, to play honestly, to I don't play think a, you can, yeah, yeah, I think running six, a three six, back. If you run like a like a like a three three four. Yeah. Or something along the lines of that. Something where you're really just giving up on your defense, and like it's kind of mean to say that. I mean, of course, the defenders are still fairly quality. There's some of them who are fairly quality players, but they're just they're either old or. They're just not at the level of these attackers. These attackers for Argentina are next level. Yeah. You can't, you can't discredit that. So apparently the Argentinian coach has said, also said that he might leave out a Cardian Dybala for, for Russia. I think yeah. that's going to be a huge mistake. Obviously, you still have Messi and Higuain, but it doesn't hurt to have at least Dybala up there or even like just one of them, a Cardi. I think Dybala is still pretty young. It's not like the worst thing that's ever happened, but I think it's very disrespectful. It's very disrespectful to to those players. I think that, that you can you can cut your third goalkeeper and kind of live. I mean, yeah. having two goalkeepers at a tournament like that isn't the end of the world. And how good is your second goalkeeper from your third goalkeeper? Yeah. Let's be realistic. And and another. I mean, when you're looking at another one, you could cut a defender. You guys like. Yeah. Play to your strengths. That's what I'm. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. At. You just, so they have to play to their strength. I mean, if you if you play Messi for a whole game and you swap out your other striker halfway through, that's two fresh players playing fresh game. Yeah. That's you know what I mean. Sure, they might not have the rhythm, but they're still fresh players. And you they they have manage. proven themselves that they can score. And they'll be fresh the whole year. Yeah. Like the whole the whole tenure of the of the World Cup. So I I just don't see the issue with bringing extra strikers. Yeah, so on defense, uh, I think the only defense that, only notable player, which I can really name on the Argentine national team is like Otamendi. What about, is, is Zabaleta not on there anymore? I don't think so. Is he not? Oh. Not really, I don't think oh. so. Okay, well, fair enough. I And for midfield, you got like Mascherano and uh, Bene- Beneja. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Yeah, so. When your strength is at the attack? You just have to put – honestly, at that point, people say don't put all your eggs in one basket. Put them all in one basket because if you want to win, that's the only way you're going to do oh, it. Oh, and they got uh, Pizzella who plays for Fiorentina. So, yeah, really play to your strengths. I think it, it like this is like another taster match where, you know, you're really going to get to see how Argentina plans to play for the World Cup, yeah. um, especially with the new talent that they do have. Italy, another disappointment. Um we can talk about this all day. They didn't make the World Cup, uh, but yeah. um, I, I they got rid of their ma- old manager. So we'll see how they play, how differently they play. I don't know what their squad formations are going to be, or you know which players they have selected. But I think it's just going to be you know your classic. I hope they, I hope they select like old players like deal kill any, but I hope they play younger it's players because really, yeah. this is a friendly. It really doesn't matter. Yeah. So might as well start building that talent pool now and get in the habit of get them in the habit of playing with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're gonna have to groom these players for the next Euro essentially. So yeah. And you don't have much time left. There's not much time at all for these players to be ready for next international growth. I mean, look at international growth. You have to look at uh, Zlatan and the Sweden squad. I mean, Zlatan's gone from Sweden, but the the growth from that team. Yeah. They went from having a very difficult time. Now they're finally in the World Cup. Um, what I love is that they play like very. They play a very simple four four two. Yeah, just very simple squad. Yeah, they got Lindelof who plays for uh, Manu. He's, he's pretty. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty they're not, good. They're not bad yeah. players. Honestly, not bad players in the team. They have a few good, good players, and they just need to grow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just keep growing and growing and growing, and that's the point where we're at right now. Is that 
hopefully we'll hit a peak where players can only get so good and then teams start getting really competitive. But you never know, right? Yeah. So I think Italy should play like a very – because the thing was when they played Sweden in the second leg, they played like a very midfield-heavy game. Yeah. It was like a 3-5-2. So just push it back, you know, relax a little bit, and just defend. I think that's. I think Italy has lost touch with what made them so great, which I, was their defending. I can't honestly. I couldn't. I couldn't really say it better. I was just about to say that. Like the defense, they need to. Italy needs to understand that defense is their stronghold. They are technically gifted at the defensive side of the ball. They yeah. don't make very many mistakes, and their counterattacks are always good. So yeah. you can't. They actually like in their counterattacks. Imagine if they had. I think Balotelli was. Is not on the international squad. He's not. Which, he which hasn't is, been called up. Which is very... I think that's also disrespectful to him. He definitely deserved it, but... And it's a mistake. It's a mistake. I mean, you need him for that counterattack. Yeah. Not only him, but I mean, like, there are other players who can go in, but he's a very good player. When Italy was down 1-0 against Sweden in the second leg, and I don't know when... They scored in the 60th minute or something, and if they if they brought in Balotelli, yeah. I, like, I'm not... Like, I would have bet money that he would have scored... In like the next twenty minutes, yeah, or he would have gotten a red card. But I yeah, mean, but one of the two <laughs> he, things he would have scored and then gotten a red card. Yeah, maybe <laughs> like for celebrating too hard or something like that. You know. Yeah. So it, Italy's squad is going to be it's going to be interesting. I hope they do play just just to recap. I really do play. I do hope they play some young players. Do not play inconsistent players like Verratti, um, and. I, I don't. I, I feel so bad for saying this. Don't play Buffon. <laughs> <laughs> don't play Buffon. Yeah. There are you know, Donnarumma is a very good goalie. You got to start grooming him. Buffon's. I like. I don't even think. Isn't Buffon retired? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just play Donnarumma and just let him get comfortable in yeah. internet in, in the international squad. And that's honestly, I just he 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 yeah he did retire and. I just Donnarumma is a very very solid player. I'd like to, I can't wait to see him grow in the yeah. next few years. So I think that's our. I think we gave our prescription for Italy: play defensively and play young players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, just a quick detour back to um, I was just looking at Burnley in the tables um, for uh, Pope, and um, they only have twenty six goals against. Arsenal has 41. Tottenham has 34. Or, yeah, sorry, Chelsea has 27. Arsenal has 41. Tottenham has 25. Liverpool has 34. They have 26. <laughs> Leicester has 43. Everton has 50. And there's what, still? And there's seventh place. And there's seventh, there's seventh place, but they have the. They have. Um, there's one, two. There are three teams. With less goals against. And that's Man City, Man U, and Tottenham. And that's impressive. That that's is very impressive. impressive. So, yeah, back to what we were going at. But I was just, I saw that and I thought, wow. it's That's very impressive. But they only have 27 goals for so. <laughs> well, it's Burnley. They, yeah. they have, like, a budget of, like, the same budget I have for, like, school. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... I think we've pretty much covered every good, like every every interesting. All the important ones. I mean, like, ones. the ones that like people are probably going to watch. I think 
maybe I mean like depending on the country you're supporting, you're gonna watch different games. But for so, the most part, I mean people will watch those games. I guess we'll just like talk about like go have like a blitz round with these like with these games. So Scotland, Costa Rica, Costa Rica, Kayla Navas, Scotland. I couldn't name you players, but I know they have a pretty good squad. <laughs> no. I'll go two one for Scotland. Two one. Um, I think I might go one nil for Scotland. So okay. now we got France and Colombia. France and Colombia. I'm saying uh, three one for France. I was gonna say, I was gonna say the same thing, but you know, I'll just say just to make it different. Two uh, one. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mexico and Iceland. Uh, I'm gonna say. 1-0 for Iceland. I was going to say 2-0 for Iceland, but... Okay, well, you got the same teams, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Russia and Brazil. I think Brazil's, like, without a doubt going to win. I think, actually, I think that Russia will put up... Brazil, Neymar's injured. Yeah, I'm but they still have a pretty Russia, good squad. I feel like Neymar is, Neymar is, like, a systemic infection. <laughs> <laughs> Every team that he plays on, like, there's just... It's like it's like that one person in one of your groups when you're working on like a group project, that one person who just ruins it for everybody. <laughs> but if that person leaves, you do you function really well. <laughs> Neymar is that systemic problem in, in Brazil. But honestly, I I couldn't tell you. I know that he has a lot of fan base, but I'm taking Russia one 0 on this one. Okay, I'm gonna go for Brazil two one. I think Russia is gonna score. They have like I've seen a couple Russian games and like. They play pretty, like, tough. Football. That's what I mean, yeah, yeah. That's why I took them 1-0 over yeah. Brazil. Um, I guess we only have two more games left, really. Turkey, Ireland, and Greece and Switzerland. I love Republic of Ireland. I'll take them every time. 2-1. 2-1? <laughs> okay, I was going to say Turkey 1-0. And Switzerland, Greece, Switzerland 1-0. Yeah, I think Switzerland's probably going to pull away with a 2-1 or 2-0 game. Even Nor- Norway, Australia. I think Australia will pull away 1-0. I think Norway's going to win 1-0. Um, Austria, Slovenia... I think Austria, uh, Slovenia is going to win one now. Austria and Slovenia. I think Austria is going to take it. Yeah, I Austria. Guess they kind of have like that uh, an underdog mentality, but I could see them taking the game. And Poland, Nigeria. I couldn't name the Polish and uh, the Nigerian goalie, but there's no way he's stopping a ball from Lewandowski. <laughs> there's no way. Oh, I'm so saying that's, that's why I'm Poland, saying Poland, Nigeria, five nil. Five nil. I was okay. I was going to say like three one. I'm saying five nil right here. I think I don't think they'll be able to stop it by any chance. What about, uh, there's a Denmark game on today, isn't there? Denmark has been very good, too. Do they have Lord Bettner on there? <laughs> Where, yeah, where's Denmark? I don't think they're playing today. They, might be they playing must be playing um, this week. They're playing soon. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, so Saturday. We have, uh, we have uh, Northern Ireland and South Korea. What's the score for that game? Northern Ireland, South Korea. I think South Korea might pull it off. Okay, okay. 1-0. 1-0. I'm saying 2-0 for Northern Ireland. I love Ireland. <laughs> Both Ireland. Islands. Love it. Love uh, it. So you, you also got a, our own beloved, Canada. very bad Canada and New Zealand. <laughs> I couldn't name you a single player on either team. Junior Harlett. That's the only player I know from Canada. So I got I got Canada winning. I think it's going to be a tie 1-1. Honestly, I was going to say 1-0 for Canada, but I could agree with 1-1 on the... Yeah. So next team, Sweden-Chile. <laughs> Chile 1-0. Oh, I'm S- Sweden and Chile. I'm saying Sweden takes it 2-0. Or I can see that. I can I can see both happening. Yeah. I can see like I could I I don't know anybody on the Swe- uh, Chilean defense, but I can see Sweden like really pushing it. 
Yeah, so I think the next international break, I think I think international break runs all the way till it does. Di- yeah. Yeah. So, what about Faroe Islands in Liechtenstein? <laughs> I'm just wondering. I mean, uh, what are you putting there? I don't even. I've never seen. I've never seen Faroe Islands play. <laughs> well, that's a that's a long flight, eh? From Faroe Islands yeah. to Europe. Yeah. You're gonna have to go through like Africa or something. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I think we've covered <laughs> we've covered the extent yeah. of no, international go. football. No, you can go to the. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think you know you've covered international football when you moved to Faroe Islands and looked at shine. <laughs> oh, ne- next the coming Monday we've got uh, Equatorial Guinea against Andorra. Oh, of course, Andorra. <laughs> like. yeah, oh, yeah, Andorra. And then actually the same day they have um, it's been postponed. Um, Portugal and Netherlands that day. Oh really? Oh Netherlands all the way, no doubt. Oh. No doubt. Honestly, I think Netherlands uh, just the, everybody on Netherlands has pace, yeah. and there's one person on Portugal who has pace. <laughs> um, so I guess our net we we really wanted to like switch it, kind of switch it up this time. So let's talk about transfers. Yeah, I think the blaring transfer right now. What we're talking about is Zlatan Ibrahimovic was just released by Manchester. United. Yeah, this morning, really. Yeah, like very, like this morning, like very, very recently released by Manchester United and instantly signs with LA Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and we saw this coming from like I think uh, we both I, talked I, about everyone it. Kinda, everyone kind of saw like the the idea that he was going to the MLS. I think the question was. Where is it going to go? And I think a lot of teams, just, a lot of the guys just want to play in L.A. I mean, the guy's from Sweden. Yeah. He played in Italy and um, the Netherlands and England and Paris. So L.A. is that big city vibe, and he's got the warmth at his toes. So Yeah, so I, th- you know, I thought he was going to go to uh, uh, Beckham's new team in Miami, Miami FC, I think. So... I think LA also have another team, eh? Yeah, LAFC, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. L- yeah. I, like, I'm MLS, happy. The MLS is growing faster than anything I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I think three years ago, I was kind of trying to pay, like look around and like look at the teams, and you could see the main teams. Now, they've added probably seven teams in the past couple of years. Yeah. And uh, stadiums are full. They're yeah. usually always full. I've been to a couple of TFC games, and like... Just compared to like four years ago, if I go today, like four years ago, people would go, people would like, yeah, it'd be more of like a thing which you do before you go out at night. But yeah. now it's like, there's like a whole, people go especially for the game, there's like a huge fan base, there's chants, there's songs. Yeah. You, you really feel like this community when you go there, so. Honestly, it's definitely, I love the growth of the MLS. It's doing a great job and um, there's there's no way around it, I mean. The MLS is how she is, and how she'll always be, and it will just keep growing. I mean, Especially for us, like we were like Canadians, and yeah. like T, like the growth of TFC, and like how TFC won this year has really, oh yeah, made me like a bigger fan of the MLS. Like I am going to watch every TFC game now. And you know what? I think oh, I, I'm just waiting. I, I think in our lifetime, the the way that American sports are, the MLS will be larger than Premier League. Yeah, just the way that American sports—it's as simple as that. The the way that American sports are, the way they do playoffs. <laughs> yeah, they—it's just so mentally different. There's such an aspect around it that is just constricting. You know, everything. Once you start going into that sport, that's just your life. So I'm telling you right now, the way that the MLS is growing, they're going to be bigger than Premier League before you blink your eyes, and they'll be bigger than Premier League. Yeah, and especially Premier League viewership in. England, I think, has gone down. Yeah. Att- 
attendance has gone down. Yeah. So, and it's only rising. And Americans have a way of doing doing sports where it's yeah. like all in, yeah. right? Yeah, you know what? You don't. There's no like you don't like half-ass a sport. Yeah. In, in America, in, in, no, in, no, not a thing. You can't you can't half-ass anything in America. That's just the yeah. rule. You know what I mean? And honestly, you think that the the teams in uh, Europe were spending a lot of money? Oh, just wait till MLS gets like because Pepsi to sponsor. <laughs> oh no! You honestly, you have no idea. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a mess because, <laughs> because these teams, people buy. You would not believe how many jerseys people buy here. How much, uh, how many souvenirs people buy in America? It's crazy. Apparently. Even like now, like people, so many people. So many of my buy friends here. have buy TFC jerseys, yeah. sweaters. Like I have a, I have two yeah. TFC jerseys. Yeah. One, one of Javinko and one of Altador. Yeah. So but what, what I'm saying is that in Europe it happens, but we buy European jerseys. Yeah. It's a jersey <laughs> culture here. I mean, you bring in Zlatan, I'm getting an LA Galaxy Zlatan jersey as soon as they come out. The second they come out, I'm getting it. You want to know why? It's Zlatan. <laughs> yeah. LA. I mean... And like the fact that he's in LA, well, I I think you talked about this that you want to go to LA. Oh yeah, like there's I actually I want to watch a game. I I've been looking into games. We're located near Toronto. I, they play um, next September, so I can't go to that game. They play Montreal though. That would so be a fun game. Montreal is fun to watch. Uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I'm thinking about <laughs> Montreal had Didier Drogba. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered that. But I'd like to. I'm thinking I might take a little, a little road trip out to Montreal and uh, catch a game of LA Galaxy with Zlatan there. So that's. But that's uh, that's the what it does, you know. Yeah. So hopefully, fingers crossed, MLS grows. Also, the thing with MLS is that I don't like this thing. I I, I what I like about Europe is like you start really young and you go to academy. And then you move on to, like, you know, the youth team. And then if you're good enough, you, you yeah. move on to, the, like, the senior team. The, the States doesn't have they, – they have the college system where you go to yeah. college. I, I, you're really going to have to make – you're really going to have to increase the talent in college. Yeah, before that translates to the um, – Before you get really good talent from, yeah. that comes from college. And the only college talent is uh, Christian Puselik. Yeah. That's literally only, the only person who's gone through the college system. Yeah, but I'm gonna tell you right now, um, the way America does it, they're gonna get big, and they're gonna actually they're gonna revolutionize football as we know it. They just are. Yeah, they're gonna and take something. And just I think they're gonna like they're gonna apply like that. You know how in, in in like American football you have like that rigid structure of how to do things. Yeah. Where guys are like they have like less than like four second forty yard runs. Yeah. And I I, do, I think that they're gonna they're gonna take the same techniques or approach to that training and apply it to soccer oh, yeah. and they're gonna just run with it i already know that the training like uh, this is no shot at europe at all but the training in north america compared to europe is exponentially better i think it's a lot more technical it's very it's a lot more technical but just the sports that we play here the basketball the the football the physical ability you need to have is tenfold of what not necessarily like your physical physicality, but your physical ability needs to be tenfold. So, like the the amount of weight you have to move is larger because they're more physical sports. I mean, in Europe, physicality isn't like a huge thing in basketball, but in like in the states, like it's getting it gets pretty physical sometimes. So, yeah. and there are a lot of physical sports. I know rugby um, is a good example, but the way they train rugby, the um, 
the aerobic systems you're using, you're using slow twitch muscles for all your running. So it's harder to build your quick, your big quick muscles, right? Your fast twitch muscles. So it's just a different, honestly, it's a different mentality here yeah. when it comes to training and stuff like that. And I've experienced it in both areas. And if you're in Europe, they have the, the idea of gym culture isn't really a thing. Yeah. From my experience. But here, if you don't go to the gym, you're a loser. Yeah. It's as simple as, you know what I mean? Like, and the gym doesn't have to be pushing heavy weights. No. Just push, like, pick up a 10-pound mm-hmm. and literally just do, like, whatever you have to do with the 10-pound. You yeah. don't have to yeah. do 300. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But the idea, it's just that culture, you know? Yeah. And that's... <laughs> it's a, it's fundamentally different. Fundamentally. The mentality behind it is ridiculously... Like, it's just exaggerated to a full extent. Yeah. So I guess we'll, we went on this little tangent <laughs> yeah, about yeah. MLS, but transfers. So like we said, Ibra to LA, yeah. that's going to be fun to watch. I think it's just like obviously MLS has this like – has been like a retirement league for yeah. several athletes. I just hope Iniesta doesn't come here. I hope he stays in Barcelona. Yeah. I know Iniesta has been talking about going to China. I hope he doesn't go there either. But uh, So Ibra to, Ibra to LA um, – what are some transfers that you want to see happen? Um, I was talking about him earlier, the uh, the right winger, Herving uh, Lassino, uh, the Mexican. Yeah. He's going to make a giant I, – I feel it deep in my in my bones. He's going to make a transfer. He's probably going to go to uh, either an Italian team or a lower-level Premier League team. Maybe, uh, let's say, Burnley. He's not going to go to Burnley, but let's just say – Like, like Leicester or something, right? Yeah, Leicester, Burnley, something like that. He's a Mexican player. Um We'll see what happens with him. I'm very interested to see um, how he performs. Yeah. Um, that's the transfer that I think I'm kind of backing right now. Uh, I, 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 are you done? Yeah, go uh, ahead. I'm just wondering if you had any like ideas of transfers, like a, a player that you're watching to see where they go. Honestly, like I haven't really been I, – I don't know of any players where – where they could go, um, I think Alexi Chan- Sanchez needs to leave. <coughs> That's I, as a Man U fan, I, I really do think that they should just like terminate his contract, even whatever like pay whatever fee he has to pay because he's been playing so bad. Um, what do you think about that, Alexi Sanchez? Like, where do you think Alexi Sanchez could go? I'd like to see Alexi Sanchez go somewhere in the French league. You know, um, I was gonna say like somewhere in Portugal would be perfect. I don't like Portugal. I don't think anyone will go to Portugal. It's a nice area, but I think the personally, I think the French league um, going somewhere in southern the south of France. Yeah, he'll go there and he'll just play there and try to f- keep his. Um, it's kind of like Falcao. Yeah, yeah, same kind of idea, you know. So I'd, I'd like to see something like that. Um, I'd love to see Timo Werner come to Manu. Yeah, you're laughing my life. It's so it's just so ridiculous. You can't have so many strikers on a team, you know, like Yeah, but I think I like you already have you already have so many strikers. If you get rid of uh, Sanchez, bring in Timo. Yeah, but then you have Romo Lukaku. The way I see it, you only need one good striker on a team. The second one should be Yeah, Timo's gonna be the one good striker on the team. <laughs> <laughs> already discrediting Romo Lukaku. I can I, see it. I'm done. I'd like to see uh, Timo Werner. I could see a move coming from him soon, but also I could see him staying because 
he's been a crucial member of the growth. Yeah. A very crucial member of the growth of uh, yeah, Timo Werner staying. He's been a very crucial member of the growth of Le- Leipzig, that Red Bull team. Yeah. And um, you can't, honestly, I think he might just buy into that. That's true. Because they're, they're performing well. I mean, you beat Bayern, you're probably going to win the Europa. What's wrong with, you know what I mean? What's wrong with winning some championships? That's true. Do you really, do you really think he's going to stay? I don't I, think he's going to no, stay. No, I, I genuinely think he's going to stay because Leipzig can offer him money. Yeah. They can offer him a championship team. And they can offer him a place where he's going to have the best training facilities. It's like, I, I think it's a no-brainer to say, why would you move and get to an uncomfortable place when you like where you are? Because you're a German, you're playing in Germany. You know, your family and friends can come watch you play. Yeah. I think there's no question. I, I really do think that he might move to a better club just because it, it has no history. RB Le- Leipzig has no history. Well, they've been around for five years. Yeah, so I think you, as like a very good player, if like if he wanted to, he could build his something like Tati, where he could build his whole legacy around this. I think I think if he grows with this team, yeah, I think people don't give them enough credit. They are a good team. Yeah, they will. Um, they they're going to be one of those teams in the next few years that you look at them and you say, you know what? Wow, I did not expect that, or maybe you did. I expected so for me, but I mean like. You look at them and be like, you know, I uh, I definitely see some talent here, and I definitely see some progression. So, yeah, I think I know, I know you would hate this, but like Kloivert should probably would be great at, at like another team at like a big again. Big he'd be great, but you can't do that to players. He's too young. He needs to get that strength. I think he need, like in like three years he should make that move. I think that the same thing with like. This is what Jessica Lingard did. He was at MK Dons for a couple years. Yeah. And then he got, you know, he moved up to Man U. Yeah. So I, I think, and like, it gives him a little time to develop and not be in the spotlight. Yeah. And not be criticized for everything. And obviously, if you're going to be in the spotlight, there's like a, there's a multitude of factors that come with yeah. that, like outside of football, like your social life and stuff. So yeah. I'd like to see him avoid Manchester United. Manchester United have kind of become like the uh, the Chelsea or the Real Madrid, the player killers. Yeah. They bring players in, they slaughter them, and they throw them out. I <laughs> know, uh, it's true. I it's mean, true. Like, th- that's what Chelsea's done. That's what Real Madrid's done. A lot of teams have done that. And they brought in very quality players, and they just don't give them the playing time or the respect they deserve. So I'd like to see, honestly, I could see, I could see Clifford playing for uh, Arsenal. Yeah, I can see that. But... Arsenal needs to fundamentally change. Something needs to happen there. Yeah. So, like, I was just on Scout Nation, and I saw this highlight reel of Quang Song Han. (laughs) Take this in, that he is from North Korea. He's from North Korea. Yeah. We don't want to get political here, but he's been playing so well that they, the the government let him play in Italy, and they have, like, this relationship, like, where they... Like, they sent 70% of his wage to, like, North Korea or something. That's beside the point. He plays so well. He plays in a Serie B team, uh, Cagliari. And he he has incredible pace. And I, I could definitely see him. I, I don't think you've seen any highlights on him or anything, but I wouldn't expect you to. But 
I could see him going to Juventus, and he's been linked to going to Juventus. Yeah, the only problem with that is <laughs> it's just a mess. Honestly, like, that situation is just a... It's getting to the point where... <sighs> That's just like something you know, needs to fundamentally change if that's starting to happen. Yeah. Or they need to have. Uh, it's just. It's such a political. It's honestly, it's more political than it is anything else. It, you can talk about the player all you want, but the fact that his wages are going back. To, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, what does is that like? How ethical is that? Because you're funding a regime. Yeah. So is that is it like? Do can you sue them or like how does that work? So. Honestly, if I if I were him, I'd uh, vanish off the face of the earth. You got it in North Korea. Uh, yeah, just like go underground. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. Raise raise up a bit of money and have to buy yourself a, a small business and then go <laughs> <laughs> do something like uh, Andy Dufresne. Yeah, Shawshank <laughs> Redemption. Yeah. move to Mexico. <laughs> yeah, literally, just pull an Andy Dufresne. Just get out of there. You know what? No one needs to know where I am. Yeah. Um. Obviously, a player that has been linked. To transfers for literally the past two years has been Riyad Mahrez, <laughs> <laughs> but nothing seems to happen with him. I think nothing seems to happen because he won with Leicester. And he I think he like people see that he won, and so they watch they they think about getting like they think about talking with him about yeah. a transfer. Then they watch him play, and they're like, "Oh no, it's <sighs> alright." <laughs> it's hard, honestly. He's a, he's one of those hard guys that like it's tough. You know, it's tough, especially for him. It depends on if he wants to move, if people want to move. It, people change their mind all the time, right? Yeah. So, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't, honestly, he's uh, he's been linked to stuff, like, as you said, for the past couple of years since they won. And everything's fallen through. No money has exchanged hands. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's all that can be said about that is that we'll see what happens. There's no guessing. Because if he's going to move, he's probably going to move somewhere like Arsenal. That's true. Yeah. So. I, honestly, I, I can't think of really, I can't think of any other names, any other, you know, notable, like, transfers, notable players that I would like transferred. Wenger out, but besides that. <laughs> Wenger out. Always the closing statement, eh? <laughs> Wenger out. <laughs> Wenger out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think we've pretty much covered we covered quite a bit in today's yeah. podcast. Yeah, it's definitely been a good one for sure. One to look back on and definitely see what uh, what our predictions hold. Yeah, so I guess the next time we'll <laughs> we'll actually put some money down to make it interesting. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> um, kind of have a, an over under thing going on here. Yeah. All right. I guess this yeah, is we're it. Signing off. Yeah. Well, we'll see you. See have you guys. Fun an international break. <laughs> Wenger out. <laughs>